0: This is your Niagara Real Estate Podcast, hosted by Patrick Burke and Sean DeLott, two top-tier realtors who happen to be from two different brokerages, from two different real estate teams, both focused on one thing, the Niagara real estate market. Let's get started.
1: Hello, everybody. Patrick Burke here with the B Team at Megara Realty
0: here in Niagara, and Sean Delot with the David Delot Real Estate Team with Remax Niagara, and we welcome you for our podcast seven. We thoroughly enjoy doing these, and this one is about uh, pricing strategies. And the reason I think it's important to touch on these is because, for I think yourself uh, and myself, Pat, there has been a dramatic change in our local real estate as far as these pricing strategies from when you and I first started in real estate. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it has changed the landscape of real estate as well with these pricing strategies due to these different markets we're experiencing. And I also think it's important for people to know when the time to use these potential strategies is, as well as the most important thing is give people a little understanding of the terms that we use such as irrevocables, preemptive offers, Mm -hmm. bully offers, all these types of things. So people can get a little better understanding of Mm -hmm. how the whole process is is handled. So Pat and I started relatively at the same time back in the early 2000s. And guess what, Pat? What? There was one strategy and one strategy only.
1: You put it up for sale and You hope that within the next 64 to 97 days, somebody (laughs) brings you an offer laden with conditions.
0: Oh, and let me tell you, I was happy to receive them. Yeah, yeah. You know, those, I'll never forget, like in some of those moments, the best thing ever was you have that listing. It's like 45 days in and you had a showing four days ago. Mm -hmm. And then even without a call, anything, an offer shows up fax machine fax machine offer you get the page from the office offer received for three duncan and oh man did i ever run to my office as fast (laughs) as i could got that offer and did i ever run to my seller's house right away to present that offer yeah because
1: we were so excited okay so, so let's rewind the tape here so pricing strategy yep pricing by pricing strategy, we mean that you want to sell a product and depending on the, the overall conditions of the marketplace, you know, how many other people are trying to sell something like it and then how many people actually want to buy it. And if there's lots of people that want to sell that thing as well, but there's not that many people that want to buy it, then you've got a buyer's market, right? You've got a market where, where the, the buyers are more in control because they have less competition. Flip that upside down. And you have not a lot of people that are trying to sell their product, but there's people lined up around the corner to to buy it. Then all of a sudden you have a new iPhone or Harry Styles tickets or whatever the other thing is that all of a sudden people are climbing over each other to buy it. And then that pricing strategy is going to be different, which is why a buddy of mine was trying to buy Harry Styles tickets for uh, for his kids. And, and the price of tickets was insane. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't buy them in the end because there was 100, I don't know how many... I should, not 100,000. There was like 4,000, 5,000 people in line in front of them, um, and you couldn't get couldn't get tickets. So anyway, pricing strategy. How many people want to buy it? How many are for sale? And then how do you price around that? Absolutely. So, and I think you're touching on supply and demand.
0: That's correct. really what it comes down to is, is there's certain strategies when there's high supply, and there's certain strategies when there's yeah. high demand, and the opposite when there's low supply
1: and low demand. So let's go back. Let's go back to... Pre-2016, traditional Niagara. I'm going to throw a few numbers at you to give you context. Statty Patty, tell me, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Statty Patty. Uh, 2012, days in the market, averaged 50 to 70 in that range for all those years, for the record. 2011, 2010, 2013, whatever. Yep. 50 to 70 days. So basically two months. You list your house here in early May, and on average, you're going to sell somewhere in early July. Which, in current context, seems insane, but that was the way it was pre really pre 2016 going back however, however far you want to go average asking to selling price you put a house up for 300,000 on average it was going to sell 275 280 something like that 285 maybe 95 to 97% on average and again that was the market largely pre 216 no matter how far back you want to go and then the other interesting one for me was Number of sales versus number expired. So the number of sales, there were six thousand three hundred seventy-nine sales that that year in twenty twelve. There was thirty-six hundred expired listings. So there's one point seven sales for every expired. That's huge. Absolutely. You know, and and that's more than that's more than half. So so if you listed if you listed ten houses on one street, based on that math, um, roughly six and a half or six of those houses were going to expire. Right. And Absolutely. yes, they get relisted, but still that that's, that's pretty bonkers. So pricing strategy back then, Sean, um, when you have a market like that was pretty straightforward. Yep. And I, I like to say
0: it this way, Pat, we grew up in our real estate careers on this, uh, what they're calling traditional
1: real estate. I just imagine us learning to ride little bicycles. Like that's how we learn how to ride our bikes, man. That's it. So we, we learned how to ride the real estate wave. <laughs> the A-frames in and, and and the trunk. Right. And- so
0: for the first 14 years of our career, uh, or with. Yeah, roughly twelve to fourteen years of her career. It was slow and steady yep. here in Niagara, and you're right. You price the house at a certain price, which we thought was market value, mm-hmm. and you waited for an offer. And so offer- I
1: list a house for two ninety nine. Typically, my offers, the offer you bring me is going to be what.
0: Well, back then, Pat, it used to go like this. I used to show up with a clipboard at the house yeah. and the people would start picking out, oh, needs a roof, Sean. Okay, needs roofs. Yeah. Uh, You know what? Needs a bathroom. And then you determine the value of these items yeah. and say you figured out it's $25,000. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, Sean, they're asking $300,000. We're going to offer them. below list price because Mm -hmm. of these items and please express to the seller we need to do these things Mm -hmm. and this is why our offers are offered. Well, the seller acknowledges that and says, okay, well, you know what? I want to sell my house. I'm going to give them a sign back. And uh, so they counter the offer back and then you just come to terms. Beautiful real estate where negotiation negotiation was like, one of the huge marketing pieces for mm-hmm. agents back then, I'm a top negotiator. I'm going to get you top dollar. Yeah, that's true. Eh? Right? People taking and, negotiation and, courses and all that stuff. Absolutely. And, yeah. and and that kind of has, uh, the markets we're in now, that kind of slept, mm-hmm. uh, slipped away. Yep. But that's where it was at. It was about strong negotiation, good marketing, and patience.
1: And remember what the seller said back then? When you put that house up for 300 acknowledging that maybe it's a bit high, the seller would say, we can always come down. Absolutely. Right? Because there was an expectation of well, we know we're going to get we're going to get offered less, so let's let's list for a higher and then find our way in the middle. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And
0: and huge point there. Huge point on that because in the recent real estate markets, there's been a term that we don't hear so much called lowball. Mm-hmm. Lowball offers. Yeah. Cuz sellers just won't take them. Yeah. But back in the day, I don't know about you, Pat, but I we threw in a number oh, of, course. of low ball offers and and offers that would never go anywhere.
1: But you'd still negotiate. But you still, you'd neg- still get a sign back.
0: Yep, absolutely. Play the people, game. Yep. People would acknowledge and say, "Okay, hey, I, yep. I, you know, let's see if we can get them to where we need to be. If not, oh well." Yep. So you know that that was basically how the real pre- estate was for us pre two thousand sixteen.
1: So that concludes chapter one, traditional Niagara. Chapter one, traditional. Nice. The chapter thing, that's going to be good. Yes. So, chapter two comes in. Now we're into new Niagara, the 2016 17 market, and then the 2020 through March 2022 market. So, I have written here, and I, I think you would agree, 2016 was the year that everything changed Absolutely. in Niagara real estate. So, that year we went, remember, pre that days in the market were running 50 to 70 days. 2016, 21 days on the market across the entire Niagara Real Estate Board. Yep. Huge, right? Huge. Average asking versus selling, 99. it was 99.1 or two. So that's virtually full price on average across the entire board. Mm -hmm. Sales. Remember 2012, 6,300 sales. 2016, 9,156 sales. 3,500 expired listings. So we had basically almost 3,000 extra sales in 2016 and we had less expired. So there was 2.6 sales per expired listing. So going back to that reference where I said, if you list 10 houses on the street, now all of a sudden only three of them are expiring instead of six. So pricing, what was the the big for you, the big thing that changed? And, And that was a wonky time because everybody was figuring out for the first time right yes so that's so I I agree with you wholeheartedly. (laughs)
0: 2016 was the turning point in where strategy started to come out 2016 we didn't quite use them at that point I'll never forget in 2016 if you wanted to see a house you had to get in there that first day there was usually about eight to 10 showings. It was crazy. And you were competing against two or three people. That's in one day you had to get in. And and if you got lucky and you got in right away that day and you presented an offer to that agent, they would present it that night to their mm-hmm. sellers and you'd get a deal done that night.
1: So when things change that quick, obviously strategy is going to be all over the map. So pricing strategy then was all over the map because you had people that were still, um, you know, in column A, you had other people that were in column B, and then you had other people that were sort of doing a combo package of everything. Meaning, some people were were uh, for the most part, though people were still trying to figure out market price at that point as well, right? Uh,
0: and 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 also deal with
1: this new demand
0: piece. Yeah. that that Pat, you and I had never experienced because
1: the previous year, you you have a sh- you you have put a listing up on a Wednesday, in that first week how many showings did you get four or five yeah and now you put it up and within an hour you had five showing requests for that day absolutely or so, more so for us at
0: that point as Niagara agents um, there was other strategies already happening in out-of-town markets, other markets they were very be- savvy because they were experiencing uh, this market years before us for example Toronto Toronto had a hot market a number of years before we quite experienced down here yeah so a lot of these different strategies which we're going to get into uh were brought in and so in 2016 agents started to realize that well my seller could probably get
1: an extra 100k more showings all right if we
0: waited a day or two yeah and We didn't quite bring in the hold offer strategy at that point. I think we were leering more toward an irrevocable strategy.
1: So cover what's an irrevocable mean?
0: So irrevocable means the amount of time a seller has to respond to that offer.
1: So I bring you an offer today. It's irrevocable till what day is it today? Wednesday. It's irrevocable till Thursday at 6 p.m. Thursday at six p.m. the the offer is technically dead, 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 in the water. So as, so so then, what do you as the listing agent do between now and tomorrow at six o'clock?
0: Between now and tomorrow at six o'clock, I'm getting on the horn, You're calling all trees. the other agents, saying, "Hey, yeah. I've got an offer. Uh, you know, I'm going to be presenting at this time. Mm-hmm. If you want to have one, bring it in." And so that so typically, what we were using then was a 48 hour irrevocable. Mm-hmm. So again, that's the amount of time they have to. So Joe shows the property Thursday at three sends an offer Thursday at 6 p.m. Saturday, 6 p.m., you had the time to respond to that offer. Mm -hmm. So all the activity in that 48 hours would usually yield your client Mm -hmm. a number of offers and sell for exponentially over the asking price.
1: So it was more of a in that in that time frame, in that kind of market, it's less about pricing strategy, I suppose, as offer handling strategy, Offer right? handling, yeah. Um, pricing obviously still factors into it because you still have to be um, within range. But here, here's where, where things got weird, and it was back in that market where agents were starting to learn the importance of, of pricing to get the attention you need. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before. Somebody uh, in our office had listed a property for 449 and wasn't getting any offers and then they reduced it to 399, and then they sell for 450 something. And this is something that agents got, and still do, get a, cr- get a ton of crap over, and saying you guys are manipulating the market. But here, and that example repeated itself countlessly as far as pricing strategy is people say, look, we think market is somewhere in this range, so we're gonna list it somewhere in this range. The market ignores you because of the other places that are that are over at this price. And then so you play the game and say, okay, we're going to reduce it by something. And then you actually end up selling it for higher than where you were initially on the market. So as much as like that's as much as that's pricing strategy, you know, it's a game where the the sidelines change and and the rules change. And And
0: these strategies are more in the seller's favor. These are all for for the sellers. seller's market. This is all to yield the seller the best dollar we can. And not only that, these strategies come out when demand gets exponentially high. Right. Uh, so that irrevocable was the kind of first piece. Mm-hmm. Then 2017 hit. April. Boom.
1: Well, are you talking about like I'm the talking, you know, I'm talking
0: I'm talking 2017 January February March. Oh, the beginning. Yeah. So Very that beginning. That was-
1: and that ties into the data here that we had for 2016. That data sort of carried in, if not intensified a bit, as we got into early 2017. The- and
0: that's when we went to a whole brand new strategy that we've never really experienced in Niagara before. Right. And that is what is called the hold offers or delayed offers. Right. I like to call it the list it low, sell it high strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what that means is exactly what you were kind of talking about before is, hey, Mr. Seller. I think your house is roughly worth four seventy five, mm-hmm. but here's what we're going to do: we're going to price it at three ninety nine. We're going to list it on a Thursday. We're not going to review offers till six p.m. on Tuesday, and what that's going to do for you, Mister Seller, is it's going to yield you the most amount of t- activity that your house has ever seen in your life. You're going to get flooded with showings. We can get an open house done on Sunday, and you're going to get a lot of money. I can't tell you how much, Mm. but you're going to get a lot. And that strategy works exponentially well when supply is at ultra, ultra low levels. And
1: Harry Styles tickets. Exactly.
0: And and you and I are going to share, I know some, because we are very like-minded with this, that I am not opposed to this strategy. Uh, I do feel it is our job for an, as an agent to get our sellers the best dollar possible and when there is literally one house for sale in a neighborhood yeah, yeah. You, ha- you have you have no, no choice. option but it, to it, do that for your seller
1: yeah it, it would be it would be negligent, negligent to put a house up for sale in that in that kind of market to put a house up for sale and say offers anytime because you know that if the first agent didn't, the second one is probably going to write you an offer on the spot, and email it to you, and give Thank you a, a two-hour irrevocable. Exactly. So rather than saying, "Okay, we know that we know that there's ten thousand people that want to buy tickets," sorry to go back to this, but it, it makes sense in my brain. We know that there's ten thousand people that that want to buy tickets to this concert. If, imagine if they did a holdback for, for buying tickets, right? So we know that there, that if we put this house up for sale between now and next Tuesday, we're going to have, and we there was listings that literally had 60, 70 showings. Oh, yep. If there's two busloads of people that are willing to pull up to your curb to go through your house, um, you as a seller, it, it would make sense to say, well, we're, we're going to let them all go through before we make our decision. Absolutely. As opposed to saying, whoever goes through first buys it. And so that was the 2016, 2017, early 2017 market. Yep. When everything in Niagara changed, days in the market went down, was measured in in two or three weeks. Average asking was starting to creep up over 100%. And that year, 2016, was the record-setting year at the time of number of homes sold. It was 9,100 and change. We'd never cracked 9,000 sales in a year ever in Niagara. So yeah, that was the year when intense demand um arrived and the other flip side too with that demand a lot of it was coming from out of market so those people were not replenishing the supply they were selling a house in other towns so it wasn't like you know Su- Susie and john who sell on tavistock and buy on brisbane Glen, who are who are both consuming and supplying they were only consuming and i think you know full disclosure us as
0: listing agents in that market were hedging our bets on these out-of-town buyers part of the thing with these out-of-town buyers too was they had already been experiencing this market a year before understanding these strategies selling their home in the hold offers multiple offer strategies getting exponential money over their asking prices and just coming down and dropping it on our homes and again like i said when you have Exponential low amounts of inventory. Fantastic strategy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But let's talk about a mild shift. So, in 2017, after Easter, the market shifted a little bit due to some um, things such as the foreign buyer tax being introduced, mm-hmm. the stress test, which drastically changed the market. And at that point, people were still kind of doing the hold offers. Mm-hmm. But something else came into play, preemptive or bully offer. Mm. So what happened there is as this market was shifting in, in the beginning, previous months, we knew if we listed a house, just hold tight mm-hmm. and you're going to get whatever you get. But as the shift came and people got as nervous, agents are trying to figure out. Yeah. Inventory started to increase. And, and as soon as inventory increases and buyer have options, you're going to yield less offers. Mm-hmm. But there is also a proponent of buyers who get caught up in these markets and may want to do a deal prior mm-hmm. to the offer date.
1: So let's let's break that. So and and you're right. 2017-18 was when we first saw the market start to go the other direction where all of a sudden people were getting caught out and and now I'm doing offers next Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever the case may be and and now i have a lot more competition buyers are looking around and saying that's cool i'm going to go over here instead Mm -hmm. and so um that was when the preemptive bully offer whatever you want to call it so sean lists the house today on thursday and offers are next tuesday i show it friday and i say to my buyers say well we don't want to wait till tuesday we could do a whole other podcast on the logistics and the legality of that because technically there's forms that get signed that obligate the, bu- the seller's agent to not tell the, the seller about the presence of an offer, period. And then people started writing in that they will look at preemptive offers. So that's a way of me as the buyer saying, look, I really like this place. I'm going to give you an offer, but I'm not giving you until Tuesday. I'm giving you until Friday at dinner time. And then the same thing applies. Sean goes out and shakes trees, tries to gather offers. They, they advise everybody involved that offers are now going to be Friday at 5 or whatever it is and then off they go, but this is in a transitioning market. This pricing strategy and offer handling strategy all of a sudden got thrown up in the air, right? The baseball game was nine innings, then it was seven, then there was four outs, and then there was nine infielders, and it was all over the map. And,
0: and just to understand too, when it comes to a, a preemptive, also known as a bully offer, and this mm-hmm. is where it, why it's called a bully offer, is because this isn't an asking price offer or below asking price offer. This is an unconditional strong offer over
1: asking price. An offer that I can't refuse. That, an offer that the seller
0: <laughs> can't refuse and especially when you uh, us as agents feel that shift if you can still garner a really good strong offer take it and run. Take it and run right. because there is when when this market shifts there is I always figure about 20% of the buyers are always still caught up in that heightened market right whereas 80% of everyone else is kind of like, no, no, this is changing. I'm going yeah. to be patient. But there's so people... sort of like leftovers?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: just cut, like they may have lost. They've been yeah. looking for a month. They're beat up. They lost three yeah. times. They're like, I'm done. Get it done. Yeah, he, Here it is, yeah. right? So that strategy is is kind of where the market starts to change and shift. Personally, I'm not a fan of that. I never... Uh, yeah, that created a lot of problems. I never went to yeah. that. Because um, yeah. I think Pat and I are both like-minded in this sense that... When there's no inventory, yes, the the hold offer, delayed offer strategy mm-hmm. is the play. But as soon as you start seeing inventory come up, mm-hmm. I revert back to that 48 hour
1: irrevocable. The strategy we were has about. to adjust with it.
0: Yep. And and what we were achieving in 2017, I remember it very well. Mm-hmm. With that 48 hour irrevocable,
1: mm-hmm.
0: others were doing the hold offers, the preemptive offers the 48 hour irrevocable in 2017 with that shift yielded multiple offers still mm-hmm. if the house was priced right people were going in
1: but it became less predictable right not everybody it wasn't the lock that it was nope. prior to and and so that again going back to the pricing strategy as we got into 2017 into 18 we saw we saw things slide back to where it was good old-fashioned seller property conditions
0: for and- sure and, and and even with those 48 hour revocables, we weren't yielding the numbers we yeah. were yielding in the delayed offer presentations yeah. like you know but you were getting mild competition yeah. somewhat with these 48 hour revocables, and that was the strategy that i kind of i i typically go those two strategies mm-hmm. the hold offers when there's exponentially low amounts of inventory but as soon as I see the inventory levels rise, I prefer to just go to the 48 hour irrevocable Mm -hmm. for a number of reasons, because you and I can both agree with these delayed offer presentations and these exponential high selling prices. As soon as inventory comes, there is a balancing and settling. Mm -hmm. If you keep trying to do these delayed offer, it, it, it mucks up the market.
1: Well, it's like you said in our previous podcast, you you don't control the you don't control the market right so you have to learn how to operate in the market that you're in and as much as it might be more comfortable to want to sell a house in those market conditions if those market conditions were 3 months ago you're you're selling that house and now so let's let's fast forward then so yep. we're going to skip 2020 cuz 2020 was mayhem with covid yep. that that produced data and numbers and trends and activities that there's no real point in comparing to because, knock on wood, it was a total one-off year.
0: It was a historical it event for all of us.
1: So fast forward to 2021. Still a COVID year, 2021. Yeah. Uh, it was a record-setting year. Um, we actually, it, it it beat the previous year. 2016 had the record with 9,100 sales. 2021 had 10,200 sales. Um, so that was the first time we'd ever cracked 10,000 sales in Niagara. Um, and it again, it beat second place by 1,000 sales. Uh, the number of expired were only 606 so remember back in 2016 there was 3500 expired listings which was this which was a strong market 2.6 sales per expired listings in 2016. in 2021 there was six almost 17 sales per expired so everything was getting consumed basically if you if you made a pie somebody was going to eat it so days in the market again down in the two to three week range average asking to selling for the entire year was 104 percent and that wasn't as much of the market was insane as the market was but that was pricing strategy if if the people if the house should have sold in the 750 to 790 range you were not listing it listing it 750 to 790 you were listing it at 699 679 649 um, in order to generate the activity you had to do because what happened if i listed it at 750 75 say which was our target people would see 775 as an asking price and what would they do sean they'd add another 100 grand to that and say oh my god these guys want 875 and they would abandon you they'd leave you at the roadside and you're sitting there going no we were trying to be straight up with our pricing and so so for that year the entire market 104 percent of asking um, and we'd never seen that before so as far as pricing strategy there um you had no choice as yeah. much as many participating in the market didn't, even some sellers didn't like it, No, but they recognized it's what you had to do.
0: And that that is very true. There is sellers who, uh, you know, especially I noticing now with the shift we're currently in, they're like, are we doing the delayed offers? And I'm like, nope. And they're like, mm-hmm. great. I don't like that yeah, anyways, never felt you know? With it. There is a certain, I find the young, the younger, uh, well, the like younger generation, they love it. Yeah. But the the more the ones we grew up in our traditional yeah. old school real estate, they are not into yeah. it, you know? And and it's funny, I, I find even the newer agents are really loving all these strategies, but agents who've been in the business, you know, like us 20 years, 25, 30 years, not big fans of, yeah. of, of these kind of newer strategies. Yeah. But we also respect that,
1: these strategies do work for ourselves and that's there what we is do. there is times to use them so let's get into 2022 because that's why we're all here right that's right so tw- we call it the transitioning market so the first three months of 2022 behaved e- exceedingly different than months four and five April and May so very quickly the first three months of 2022 unbelievable bonkers we all agreed as as much as it was gathering headlines it couldn't continue because it made very little sense it, it was it was it was wild days in the market two weeks average asking price to selling 109 percent across three months never happened before 2100 sales 67 expired there was 31 sales for every expired listing remember going back to 2012 1.7 sales for every expired so here, so for early this year, 31 sales for every expired listing. That's nuts. That like that's everything was getting consumed. Nothing was getting left over. So offer presentation time. You had to do it. We also started off the year with the historical list low listing. amount
0: of inventory.
1: January. was the. It, if you take, if I remember correctly, take December out of it because new listings in December are always low because, you know, for two weeks of the year, people don't want to do anything. Yep. January 2022 was the lowest month for new listings of any month going back 20 years. So it was an absolute stinker. And then at the same time, we had people pulling up by the busload saying, Hey, I want to buy your house and I want to buy that one and possibly that yeah. one. Yeah, it right. was it was out of control. People made a lot of money. Yeah. So it was the back half of 2021 on steroids, basically, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It and was It was something
0: that uh, we, we've kind of seen it before, but this, this was... Yeah, on a, exactly on steroids. Yeah. It was to a whole. I was going to say level.
1: on an Olympic level too, but I didn't want to mix the two. No, 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 for sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, so, so again, with with that, as far as pricing strategy, it was more of a price it, but it was an offer management, activity management, lead management. Um, you know, there's 62 showings. How are you getting people in? Sellers moving out for five days. Yeah, a- and in, and
0: in all fairness too, is is. The truth is, we could have priced the house for a dollar. Yeah, and some people did. And and they would get whatever they got. Uh, yeah. the, the strategy was to just list it exponentially low. And then manage it. Buyers knew that that's not the price the seller wants. Mm-hmm. They knew they'd have to just... It was a matter of waiting to see how many offers there are and just throwing mm-hmm. your number in and mm-hmm. uh, wait for the out-of-towner, just blow it out of the water.
1: Okay, so talk to me April, May, 2022.
0: So, so we... Pat, because of our Instagrams and, and talking about it monthly, monthly, January, February came, we felt the shift coming in February because inventory started to come. A lot of people were doing that delayed offer still, but you and I were more of approach to go to that 48 hour irrevocable. And then through that, it really transitioned. Rates are going up. And here we are, like you said, April, uh, Got me very nervous. The switch got flicked. It got flicked, and it got flicked fast. And it was—I <laughs> think the—I think the ongoing comment that I heard from a lot of people—it just crickets, mm. crickets.
1: Sean, you getting showings. Yeah, lots of agent to agent phone calls. Hey, uh, hey and, what's going on here? What's and, going and, on there?
0: And the term I'm get—it it, 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 everyone just kept throwing out. nope, crickets over here. Yeah. Crickets. Yeah. It went from the craziest thing we've yeah. ever seen in our lives to listing a home. And not
1: getting a showing to our credit, Sean. Not to say that we are we are. Um, what's the person with the crystal ball? Future seers, whatever they're called. Um, when we do our Instagram lives, which are if you ever if you haven't checked it out, the last Friday of every month at nine thirty a.m. Actually, I shouldn't say that. June is our last one. Then we take July and August off because yep. we're good boys. Then we come back in September. But yeah, so end of June, last Friday of the month. But we were saying back in January, February and March, more so in February, because so many of the of the demand side of our market, so much of the demand side was out of market investors buying a fifth and sixth house Um, and not not like small little condos, detached north end meat and potatoes houses, buying a fifth and a sixth one. So that's consuming that that supply. Right. Yep, And very much not replenishing it um we were saying back then what happens when those buyers leave this market and because we knew they were going to at some point the prices won't make sense <clears throat> the interest rates won't make sense the big the this the the requirement to buy more rental units won't make sense yeah. and that's what we hit in april talk about crickets we were always guessing remember on the one instagram we, were at, we asked all the agents to roughly give us their guesstimate for how much of the market they saw was out of market investors and there was like guesses from twenty five to forty five percent of the market was that
0: I think it it was it would it was were, all
1: anecdotal but when you have ten yeah. agents or twenty agents say that same range, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so we said what happens when they leave and, and that that I think is is a huge piece of what happened in April. So what happens when they leave is exactly this.
0: It transitions back to a real estate market that you and I first entered into mm-hmm. slow haul for selling homes. And then we get into the challenges of pricing in so that. Yeah, so pricing strategy. So the listing this. it low doesn't work anymore cause the demand's not there to yield you those big numbers. Mm-hmm. Some sellers are upset they missed the boat. So they're still trying to stretch a market that's not there anymore. Right. So then it's all about pricing your house right for the market, getting some things done to your house and wait for an offer. The thing is this too, is when I talk to some sellers who have been in these traditional markets previously, maybe they sold their house 20 years ago, their thing is this, Sean, that's okay. You tell me it's worth A, but I'm gonna list it at B, because they're gonna come in and give me a lower offer. Mm -hmm. But that is one thing that's actually changed because of all these strategies and these heightened market. And not only that, because of the internet and buyers have so much information at their fingertips, mm-hmm. if the house is not priced right, they will not yield you an offer. Mm-hmm. The term which you and I grew up on, low ball offers, yep. is out the door. The, yep. They The buyers just will not yield the low ball offers because if they feel the house is priced right, they'll give you a good offer. Yep. And if it's not priced right-
1: If it makes sense, if it I'll makes play sense. ball.
0: And, and if it's not priced right, They won't bring you an offer at all. So that's where in the current market we're in now, we're all kind of juggling to try and Mm -hmm. figure where it's at and why adjustments are being made.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, I I know this, and I've learned this over the years. Whenever the market's lopsided in one direction, as soon as the group that was getting beat up a little bit um, gains any semblance, like as soon as they see any kind of control or power, they over over accentuated meaning over the last however year and a half two years the buyers have just been getting crushed right yep and and losing out on five six seven eight houses and they're always pining for the one that got away as soon as they feel they have some control back they're gonna over accentuate that so as a buyer they're they're gonna say you know what their price is too high as opposed to the old days yeah let's just make an offer we'll see what happens unless it's a special house yeah. but if it's something where I can get other options elsewhere like I was showing houses downtown where there was like 23 houses for sale very much the buyers like even though they, they might even even though that house might be perfect they might love it they're gonna say yeah because yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna flex my muscles a bit and say yeah we'll keep looking yeah I'll make them sweat a bit yeah and so that's that's where we're in this transition thing where you've got buyers who are regaining some control and you have sellers who are in various have one foot in this market and one foot in the old market that and and you you're
0: you're absolutely correct there that is that is one of the challenges for us as realtors now whereas when you and I first started in real estate there was only one market yeah going up 1 2% a year yeah. and that was it and you just knew to wait the problem we have is when we go through these crazy so spikes quick, like and we so go quick. through these crazy yeah. spikes and yes it changes so quick sellers are still trying to hold on to the past yeah but you're right the ball shifts into the buyer's court Mm -hmm. and so then us as realtors and even the sellers are trying to figure out the new market value and what is a buyer willing to pay yeah because you're a hundred percent correct that house that needed everything done to it that sold in the height of the market for big money it ain't gonna move at all anymore no as this market transcends into what i'm calling a little more balanced right now Mm
1: -hmm.
0: buyers want what they want Mm -hmm. they want the done house and i'll always tell you this in any market if you got a nice house
1: it will sell yeah because or or if it's a house that that needs a, a dumpster in the driveway but it's got some unique offerings. Oh, and, Whether and it, it's but,
0: priced it, accordingly. It, it, yeah. It's priced reasonably, thing, right? It's, cause, yeah. cause we can all agree. So there's some houses out there now that are dated that yeah. we're getting big money earlier that yeah. just unfortunately will, they got, yeah. if it doesn't have, have
1: do any, it, any site influences that make it unique, they will have to yeah, adjust like as far as the numbers go. So I was saying 109% of asking in January, February, March of this year, April and May at about 102%. And, so, and decreasing and, and trending lower. So, or closer to one hundred percent, ninety nine percent. So, it's it's as far as pricing strategy and listing strategy. Um, when you see something change, that like you said before, it was always like a gentle gentle rolling wave. Uh, it, it wasn't hard, but now when when things it's like a fighter jet changes course, like a, on a on a dime, you better be able to maneuver in in that in that new sort of trajectory, right? Absolutely. And so for pricing strategy now, so if you're going to list a house today and it's a good old fashioned, good old fashioned, um, you're going to put up for sale North Niagara Falls, Confed in Thorold, Fawn Hill, doesn't matter where it is. Um, first of all, with any market, you look at what's out there, yep. what's sold recently, yep. what's the overall flavor of the market for that product. Yep. And then, and then for, as far as strategy goes for pricing, you're not holding offers. You're nope. doing what? Nope. Uh, it depends
0: on the property. I'm always, I'm always doing a minimum 24 hour irrevocable. Mm-hmm. um, partly for the seller, but not only that, in all truth be told for myself as a realtor, um, I'm a busy guy, uh, the luxury of rushing around and seeing people and dealing with things right away. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. So, the 24 hours minimum, but depending on the property mm-hmm. and like you said, watching the market, for example, luxury and font right now looks to be doing very, very well. Yeah. So I would put a 48 hour irrevo- irrevocable on that because yep. I have an onus to my seller to kind of protect them and get them the and, best and, dollar possible. And of course,
1: like if, if you've got it, whether you have 24 or 48, somebody shows your place today at noon and says, Sean, I'm bringing you an offer. It's going to be good till 11 o'clock tonight. You're going to like it and you look at your roster and you say okay i don't actually have another showing book you're going to deal with it absolutely and so it's going to be a case-by-case basis
0: exactly Uh, definitely and and we can all agree that 48 hour irrevocable is in this current market is used for your first week of the listing if nothing comes in that first week both you and the seller are ready for an offer anytime and and let's go let's let's do it right So um, that's kind of generally where it's kind of at now. It's kind of heading mm. and it's looking as though adjustments are being made. Uh, we're trying to figure out what market value is or what buyers are kind of willing to pay. I kind of see some semblance out there. but And
1: that's tricky, too, from the buyers. Like if realtors are, are I don't want to say missing the boat, but some of them are some like as far as what they're doing and how they're doing it, if if we're as a as a professional group aren't always knocking out of the park with, with the approach being taken. How are buyers out there, you know, they're trying to make sense of what they're seeing. When they're on realtor.ca and they see two houses that that are very similar and the prices are out of whack with each other. Well so and I guess part of that's where we come in is to translate it. Well but,
0: and, and that goes to the, the real estate world where we were brought up in Pat. Um and and, and I always go like this when I'm meeting with my sellers now. I can't really go off the sold data mm-hmm. because the prices were just, and they understand yeah. that. So, with all the number of houses being listed now, you can sit there and pick your client's house, and then look at. Say you say you see it six ninety nine. Mm-hmm. You look at all the other six ninety nines out there, and there's mm-hmm. probably about fifteen of them. Yep and you say okay where do we fit where here? do we fit in are, are we a good 69 yes your house looks really good and clean and superior mm-hmm. great these other houses are actually going to help sell your house right right and that and that's like when we kind of first started in real estate yep you'd go out buyers knew because because again now we can actually show our clients 10 houses yeah in their price range yeah and that's how we taught our buyers market value. Hey, they learned yeah. if a house was priced right by just going out and seeing houses. Yeah, you, They'd see the dog patch house and be like, ah, mm-hmm. yeah, this one's no good. It must be overpriced. And then, then as soon as they get to see the one, oh, this is priced well. Mm-hmm. And and even in those markets, the well-priced houses, buyers felt the urgency to put that offer in quite quickly because the, the nice listings that were always coming on did seem to sell a little more quicker than than some of the
1: the lingerers that need a little work and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. So yeah, there's still going to be listings that come out to quote you scorch, right? Yeah, a listing that comes out and just boom, it's gone. But but it's always dangerous to to summarize any market by an outlier or or something that happens that doesn't typically happen. So if you look at the overall, you know, the the larger group of, of of comparables and say, well, sure, that one did that, but these 30 just did this and so to summarize the pricing strategy piece is like you said at the very beginning it all comes down to supply and demand how many things are for sale and how many people want to buy it if I'm selling a product and or, or a home in this particular area of the city and there's only one other for sale in the last three weeks nine sold well man I, I got something right yeah versus the golden goose right versus I'm about to list something there's 22 others like it and in the last 3 weeks there's been three sales well i've that's when it, we have to look and say unless we have something that differentiates us mm-hmm. but if if we're 1a and 1b and 1c and we're all we're all you know indistinguishable from each other then you need to price accordingly and you need to strategize around it accordingly you don't have a lot of weight to throw around in that thing you're not you don't you can't say to the buyer's cool but we're not going to deal with your offer for 4 days or whatever cuz the buyer's going to go to door number two door number three door number four absolutely so when
0: the agent actually you know during these height markets sometimes it's like the agent would try and get you an offer and want you to present or or else oh they're going to go look at something else yeah you knew then they they weren't because there was nothing else for them to look at but now Now it's legit they it is it's like hey if you don't want my offer now no problem i'm going to go go check out five more houses tomorrow so you know and and You do run the risk of losing that buyer for your seller.
1: Yeah. Like when, so when we're doing CMAs on properties before, you know, we could go back and look, we could look at properties and go back, you know, 90 days and use them as comparables. Now, really, you're going back 14, 21 days max. And, 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 uh, so you're strategizing around the market you're in. And the market we're in right now is this very time. It's not February and it's certainly not March. Absolutely. And it was barely April. Yeah. Right. And
0: it's funny when you you bring up these expireds. That was a huge component for us when we did CMA back in the day. Yeah. You'd look at what's currently listed, yeah. what is sold, Yeah, and then what have your neighbor's houses that did not sell, yeah. what were they priced at? And so we know if they didn't sell at that price, probably that price isn't going to work for yeah. us. And f- I can't say, I haven't looked at expireds Me in, neither. And in I, I'd, forever.
1: I'd never checked that piece of that statistic before. Um, and so seeing it go from 1.7 sales per expired listing to 32 sales per expired listing, that that's that's pretty incredible in five years, and that shows you that the market there's liter- literally everything was like, you know what, I don't love it, but I'll take it. Yeah. As opposed to before, is like I don't love it and I ain't taking it. And where we are again now, yeah. it, buyers have options. So mm-hmm. you know, it- but and lastly, sorry, dude. Yep. Trends as we transition here in April and May, you'll see that the number of sales per expired is coming back down again. And uh, so it's it was back down to 25 or 26 uh, expired uh, per, or sorry, sales per expired. So that that trend line is coming back down. So it'd be interesting to see what May and June do, but I can guarantee you um, it's gonna be, the, the peak of the market is still uh, January, February, March. Absolutely. And uh, But is it a terrible market? Is it doom and gloom? No, it's not the key point with this and with anything is markets always change they never stay the same that's the nature of any marketplace and so it's it's how you operate within it that that separates um agent a from agent b and pat Um, that's why i love you buddy because you hit the nail right on the
0: head it's not doom and gloom one thing that i find a lot different um from when you and i first started is uh the opportunities for media to get to us yeah. uh, before you read the paper yeah uh, the internet kind of was just coming out back in 2020 think, you know and and let alone now banks email us reports and everything just comes flying at us social media they're pumping stuff out on social media before it's kind of like you read the paper people didn't listen to the rhetoric and just okay the market is what it is if i go to the bank and i get pre-approved and i can afford a house okay i'm gonna go buy a house mm-hmm. oh the market's soft but i need to move i want a pool or my family i'm having another baby it is what it is. It's all relative. So again, that is the key to um, the markets in the sense of of the media aspect. Uh, when we started, it wasn't so strong. Now it really puts hesitation into people. But I
1: appreciate you saying it's not all doom and gloom because it's yeah. not. It's yeah.
0: really, really not. And and I personally. There's a
1: ton of headlines now, oh, right? Oh, uh, Interest rates are going to get increased today. Which, by the way, I was wrong on our Instagram live. I admit that. Um, but it's going to be out of control. It's going to drive huge. So now you want to talk about narrative as a buyer. I'm like, I'm now cracking my knuckles. I'm like, Oh yeah, let's rumble. Well, and, 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 s- and
0: then I think part of the thing is even more has, how low is this going to go? Should mm-hmm. I keep on waiting? Should I yeah. keep on waiting? But this is my fear, Pat. Mm-hmm. People keep on waiting and keep on waiting. Then guess what? Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to put rates back down again. Mm-hmm. Soon as that happens, Boom! And yeah. there's some people that are gonna miss the boat. Yeah, you know. So, but yep. again, I just gotta accolades to Pat. It's not doom and gloom out mm-hmm. there as much as these reports. Pat and I have worked doom and gloom. Two thousand eight, doom and gloom. Guess mm-hmm. what? Still sold houses. Yep. People buying and selling. The best thing I can say is number one: talk to a realtor, mm-hmm. get advice on how much your house is worth, mm-hmm. and talk to your a bank mm-hmm. or your mortgage broker mm-hmm. and get approved. And if the numbers work. Guys, get mm-hmm. out there, do what you got to do, Yep. and we will be more than happy to help you understand pricing strategy at any point in any market.
1: Yep, in any market, that's right. And it, every market has its own um, logical toolbox you should use as far as strategizing, and right now it's very clearly one where you have to be very cautious because we're seeing people in this gray area where they're caught in between. They get exposed, and they are one of the expired listings or canceled and relisted and pricing up pricing down and then all of a sudden you you become that listing and you do not want to be that listing you want to be the listing right you got it buddy thank you very much for joining us guys this was uh a lot of fun we'll see you later bye. take care bye this has
0: been your niagara real estate podcast if you like what you heard please make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you found us on have a friend looking for help remember sharing is caring thank you for listening we'll see you next time Oh,